0: sticks and bonehead wildcats howl so scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters of spook.
1: The boys are back three episodes in one day, and honestly, I couldn't be happier about it. We're going to rock. We're going to roll. We're going to talk Cats versus West Virginia, and guess what? I have a beer of the pot. Again, I think this is something that you don't get to do much often because now all of a sudden you're getting called into work even after we do this. But our beer of the pods this year is are presented by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. All the sports are back. I think guess what? I think this time next week, not only will we probably have a new president elect, but Maction will be back. Thats right we're gonna have college football every day of the week except for Monday and Sunday. so get over to bet online and use promo code armchair for your welcome bonus today. Again, like I said, if you want to bet on the presidential election and not be a scaredy cat like me, get over there and do it now. So uh, beer in the pot again I had to I had to give a shout out to Schlafly. Again, there's none of this. I was at the grocery store over my lunch. There's none of it left. So I only have one more bottle left of this for the season. And uh, I'm just going to
2: enjoy it while I can. That's a good call. Um, I'm drinking a little bit of tea just because I'm I'm a little chilly. Um, last night I had a beer that was delicious. I cannot think of what it was called. It's like – actually, just – you take over. I'm going to find that bottle. Cause I want to yeah, give it a shout. It was amazing. You do that.
1: And, and also I'll get, I'll give a shout to the boneheads. This is the last week I will be doing koozies for five star ratings and reviews in the iTunes stores. I know there isn't necessarily an option on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify person, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, this is the last week I'm sure we'll do something again. I always like giving away koozies. Um, yeah, I do. I, I love doing it. So, if you want uh, a koozie soon, five-star rating review in the Apple Podcast Store. So, I want to see this beer.
2: The St. Oh, Bernardus yes. ABT12. Yes. Um Delicious Abbey Ale. Um, it was given me as a gift from the father of the band who does our theme songs. So, it was delicious, and it's 10%, and it put me right to sleep.
1: I've had, I've had that on um, – A handful occasion, very delicious beer. So everyone also tweet us in what you're drinking. I know uh, this this drops in the morning, but uh, send us pictures or any uh, recent beers or uh, spirits that you've really been enjoying this fall so far. Uh, But let's just, you know, get into it. Let's talk uh, cats before we get into the press conference, which actually Coach Kleiman apparently had a, uh, you know, a little bit of a scheduling hiccup. And it wasn't even Coach Kleiman, It was Coach Van Malone, Associate Head Coach Van Malone, because there was a scheduling issue with Coach Kleiman. So it wasn't even Kleiman, It was our good friend Van Malone. But before we get into it, uh, some some let's hit some high points. First off, ranked 16th in the nation. Um, what would you have done if you transported back from uh, – or to yourself after the Arkansas State game? Here's you, Grant. As we sit here today, you're going to say, hey – by the way, you're about to have some major life changes and K-State's going to be ranked 16th in the nation. <laughs> what
2: do you think you would say? I would be shocked. I mean – Which one would shock you more? Uh, well, I know which one still would have shocked me more. But, um, yeah, after watching that game, I mean, and when you think back to how just poor we were in general, um, for us to be – to turn around and run off four in a row – and be ranked, you know, top 16, almost top 15. It was completely shocking, but I would be super happy because it means like obviously we would have had to have run off at least four straight and be, you know, sitting near or at the top of the of the conference. So, super exciting. Um I would have never guessed that after game 1, I was ready to throw in the towel, but yeah, it's, it's nice. This is the highest we've been ranked since when? Probably 2014. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Whoa! Whoa! Were we ranked in? We were ranked in 2016, right? We have to open been ranked in 2016. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, 2017, we were 22 or 21 when we got bounced at Vanderbilt. Oh
1: uh, no, no, no! I yeah, no, it was 2016.
2: 2016 was the year uh. that could have been gorgeous. Well, we, we did some terrible games that year.
1: We didn't end the. I don't think we actually ever did get ranked in 2016. Really? Yeah. So we definitely did not make it to. Yeah, Let's I don't say. think we
2: ever were ranked in 2016. That's surprising. I mean, we ended nine and four, and we were two games away, really, that we let slip from being ten and two. But yeah, it doesn't look like it actually.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So this is the highest ranked. We have been since 2014. We ended the season 18th. Uh, We went into bowl season at 11. We were at our highest ranked. We were seventh before we lost to TCU. And then we we popped into the – did we pop into the rankings last year for a bit? I think we did.
2: We did. I think we were ranked when we played KU. Yes. I could be wrong. We, we yeah, did, And so. then we lost to these motherfuckers. So,
1: Yeah, so last year, we the highest we got ranked was 16. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's this year. Sorry. I, I, for a second, I was about to say, oh, man, that's that's a little too on the net. Oh, no. It, it, we were 16 when we played Texas. So we got to 24, lost to Oklahoma State, got to 22 after we beat Oklahoma, after we beat KU, got to 16. Uh, lost to Texas, dropped to 24, then lost to West Virginia and dropped out. So I don't like uh, the poetry that's at work right now. I don't like that one bit.
2: That's okay. There's no Texas, so um, it throws off a little bit of the parallelism. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll get to our predictions later.
1: Yes, that we will. Um, Some not-so-great news. Matthew Langlois decommits from K-State and in the same tweet pledges to LSU. I think once that offer came through we all knew it was probably about to happen he also picked up a Notre Dame offer this week um it sucks he was one of my favorite commits in this class but uh you know I I, I don't think I can muster up any anger at an 18 year old kid who lives 25 minutes from Baton Rouge grew up no. an LSU fan had Tyron Matthew tweeting at him uh so I can't muster up any venom. It sucks. But, you know, I, I'll i be rooting for the kid. I want him to succeed. I want him to do big things at LSU and go on to have a pro career. So that's my
2: stance. It's definitely sad. Not at all shocking. I mean, LSU keeps Louisiana kids. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he had fucking Matthew tweeting at him. And after I read his little piece on the LSU Rivals page, I was like, he's gone. There's no chance he's staying. So I'm not at all surprised. But it's disappointing.
1: It is disappointing. I do want to give a quick shout to both Tyler Lockett and Byron Pringle, both having massive NFL Sundays. You got to love seeing the NFL network tweeting out clips from both those guys. K-State Twitter being able to clip it and send it out. Uh, You got to think that that does nothing but good things. uh, Having recruits see K-State wide receivers have massive days on the NFL stage.
2: Yeah, you would think so. I mean – Lockett had an insane day. He had like 15 catches for 200 yards or something Three like that. Three touchdowns, yeah. Just, insane. I mean, he's he's having a ridiculous year. I mean, he's having so far like a very historic year. I think he has like six touchdowns and a couple games where he's got over 150 yards receiving. So he's been. Pretty damn impressive, um, and I love seeing Byron, you know, bust one, especially, you know, because he's playing for the Chiefs, so it's nice. It feels good.
1: Yep. Last piece of uh, housekeeping, big massive shout-out to the bringer of cats. He brought in a very important cat into this world, little Owen – or no, it's not Owen. It's Briley Owen Brat, I believe. Yes. Uh, so Taylor and his beautiful wife had their third kid, first boy – Um, Shout-out to Taylor Bratt. He showed up to the hospital with the Governor's Cup trophy, uh, just being the most, you know, emo dude there is in the world. So uh, this is not an official doghouse or anything, but I want everyone to tweet uh, Taylor – what gif? What gif should they
2: tweet Taylor Bratt? Uh, Man. Something baby-related, right? Yeah, just – little baby monkey gifs How about that
1: okay yeah so so tweet tiny little baby or just baby monkey gifts. And, and then say congrats don't just send them monkey gifts say congrats uh <laughs> tell them uh you know happy that he brought on another cat so uh yeah so everyone everyone sends send some gifts uh oh Uh I have to take a work call. Yes, Grant, take a work call. I'm going to run through some of the stuff we heard from Coach Van Malone in the press conference while Grant takes this work call. So first bit of news, and it was good news, A.J. Parker truly is day-to-day. I don't think this is a lie similar to what they said was going on with Skylar Thompson. I think he truly is day-to-day. It sounds like it's an ankle sprain and nothing more. So hoping to get A.J. Parker back for Saturday. If not, I think we're going to see him back in time for Oklahoma State. And again, I'm not overly worried. Yes, A.J. Parker is our best player in the secondary, but you're going to have Willie Jones and Wayne Jones being able to step into that nickelback role. I think we'll be okay for one game, but I'll tell you this, I do not want to be playing. Oklahoma State without AJ Parker Um, another thing that he mentioned was how exciting the Saturday game was for the local kids but really it's all about stacking good days on good days and good games on good games which is something this staff really has preached even though they All the local kids talked about how much that game is going to mean to them. In the same sentence, they did say, oh, but still just another game. I don't think it's just another game, especially to the Kansas City kids, to the Kansas kids, to a lot of fans or to the coaching staff. But the fact that that was always so front of mind really speaks to the culture they're starting to build. Uh, Another thing that Van Malone really touched on, he hammered home, was that all three facets facets of the game have made improvements each week, Uh, and even more so with the addition of seeing more and more young guys come into the squad. You know, I don't necessarily believe that. I don't think I have truly seen offensive growth Week in, week out. I think that if you restart things from the TCU game, I might agree with them. But that definitely wasn't the case going from Tech to TCU. But they did bounce back after TCU. They – and I am hoping the offense takes another step after KU but I really do think you've seen that real improvement week over week over week uh, for defense and special teams but he's not going to come out and say that especially you know him being an offensive coach you're not going to see him say that another thing that he saw and he pointed out in a lot of details how many mistakes they made in week 1 and that they have made a massive Progression in cutting those back. You said that they still have a long ways to go, which I think anyone who watched that first quarter and saw all those penalties would agree. But they have been better. They haven't been making the mental mistakes. And, you know, outside of that quarter yesterday, I think they have started to improve, or not yesterday, on Saturday, they have started to improve all the issues they've had on penalties. Uh, Van Malone said that he's been on quite a few staffs that have emphasized special teams quite a bit, but he said it's different at K-State, and he has realized that it's because the uh, coaches, the analysts, the players understand that the history that that phase plays at K-State, and it's different from what Coach Kleiman said in his teleconference. In his teleconference, Coach Kleiman said, look, when I was at North Dakota State, I didn't have to worry about special teams because I knew I had the talent advantage week in, week out. Here at K-State, I want to make sure that we continue the tradition, but at the same time, we need to dominate a certain facet of the game. And He knows it can be in special teams. So it, it is interesting to hear these coaches be so honest and talk about what all goes into special teams at K-State. Uh, another thing that really stood out to me, and I, and I love how – candid Van Malone is and not to say that Chris Kleiman isn't but it definitely definitely is a different style inside of a press conference. Malone said that this has been so different because of COVID that there's a whole nother level of stress that is put on players, that is put on coaches. and that For a lot of the players, he thinks that there really was a sense of depression, some real mental uh, hurdles they had to get over, especially when they weren't able to practice, when they weren't able to be in Manhattan. And again, I, I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. But to hear a coach, a football coach, the so I you know, head coach, of a power five football team be so candid and say that it really is uh you know it it really is not shocking but but it does surprise you a little bit um and and again the the next question that he he was asked someone asked him does he think uh you know with his associate head coaching title like what what that has brought onto his plate. He said that it has really allowed him to learn more about what it takes to be a head coach, and he's learned a lot of coach, from Coach Kleiman. He's able to sit in on all the meetings. He's able to sit in on the process when it comes to game planning and all that type of stuff. And then he said from there on, it's all about making sure that he is giving Kleiman the best opportunity to be the best head coach He can be, and Coach Klangerman be the best defensive coordinator he can be. Then someone followed up by asking, hey, Van Malone, do you want to be a head coach one day? And then he goes third person. Van Malone said, Van Malone wants to be a head coach one day, and Van Malone will be a head coach one day. I don't doubt that for one bit. I love Van Malone, the swagger he has, the confidence he has. He's going to be a great head coach one day. I just hope that we get to have him at K-State for a little while longer uh he brought up the starting Uh, cornerback said Boydo and Gardner have worked really hard to get where they're at said that the guys like Keandre Thompson T Denson have worked just as hard and there isn't much drop off from when they start to rotate and I think that's what has made this defense so great when you see the rotations at different positions you don't see a massive dropout that was Grant and I's big beef with how much they rotated last year especially on the defensive line but at the cornerback spot and at the defensive line spots especially and even linebackers. I think safety is the only one where you're not quite to that level yet, but it it really is amazing to be able to go four deep at every position so you can rotate as much as this defensive class wants to. Uh, Another thing that he said that uh, they need to do on defense or what they need on defense to be able to call the type of plays they want. They need to have tall, long, fast corners. And that's why they gravitate towards Justin Gardner and that Juca rec- uh, recruiting. Said that him being so long, him being so fast, along with the work ethic – ethic makes him almost the perfect cornerback for what they need the final thing and they asked him again uh, about AJ Parker said that he's questionable for playing on Saturday he's progressing they hope to have him but Malone is unsure at this moment again I think it goes back to him just being day-to-day whether or not they're going to be able to figure it out so that that's the press conference again I I love seeing Van Malone at the podium the dude has a ton of swagger, a ton of confidence, and he is great on the mic. So it really was a treat to get to listen to him. Now we're going to kick it to our game primers. Those are sponsored by Manscaped.com. Listen up, fellas, because we have – New products we've been talking about for a little bit—the Weed Whacker Nose and Hair Trimmer. It is a 360-degree rotary blade system, going 9,000 RPMs. It is going to make sure you don't have that obnoxious nose and ear hair that 79% of partners polled said is a major turnoff. So get over to Manscaped.com to get today. Use promo code Armchair for 20% off and free shipping for the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 body hair trimmer, and the single greatest boxer briefs in the world. Similar to a five-star review, if you send me your, your receipt for your Manscaped order, I also will send you some koozies in the mail. We love you guys. We want to give you koozies. And we also want to make sure you're looking good for all your friends using Manscaped. Com. All right, our primers. We got two good ones today. Hopefully, the West Virginia one comes in. My friend Brandon Lowe, who has two shows out in Charleston, West Virginia. He's a very busy guy. He has the Brandon Lowe show at thir- er, uh, on thirteen forty a.m. in the afternoon drive at one o two three. The mix out there in Charleston, West or Car- er, West Virginia. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it comes through. Hopefully it does because he's a smart man on college football and he'll have a lot of great insights. But you guys also will have a massive treat because for the K-State Primer, friend of the pod, recurring guest John Kurtz from the Game 1350 K-Man in Manhattan, he has a great one for you guys. I listened to it. I laughed all the way through. John is perfect in getting a little bit of topical comedy and uh, a lot of good sports information in there. So when you come back from those, Grant hopefully will be back from his work call, and we are going to break down what the game means to us and some keys to these. So we will be talking to you guys here in about mm, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 minutes. I don't know. I don't know how long the primer, primer from Brandon's is going to go if you got it. So we love you guys, and we will be talking to you again soon.
3: My fellow Americans, bonehounds, Democrats, Republicans, moderates, independents, everybody. I'm John Kurtz from K-Man and YouTube fame, and today I am asking for your vote. No, not for that frivolous presidential election. I need you to vote K-State as Big 12 title contender. All it takes... A little old win at West by God, Virginia on Saturday in the Topeka of the Appalachians, Morgantown, West Virginia. The Wildcats are 4-0 in the Big 12 and have rebounded like Ed Neely from a week one loss to Arkansas State. How about that dog whistle to the old heads? I got you. No Skylar Thompson, no problem. After the president went down against Texas Tech, VP Will Howard took over and has been a step above serviceable and improving as we speak. But really, it's been all about the defense and special teams. K-State special teams have either directly scored or set up scores that have led to 41 points over the first five games of the season. That's adding nearly eight points per game for those of you keeping track at home. The defense, meanwhile, is allowing less than four points per quarter since the fourth quarter began in Norman, and all with a rookie defensive coordinator in the Klandy man, Joe Klanderman. Last week, K-State mowed down Sleepy Les Miles and the Kansas Jayhawks 55-14 to win their 12th straight in the series, a series record, by the way. That's right, three whole terms of domination. Who needs democracy anyway? George W. Bush watched the last Kansas football win over K-State from the Oval Office. It's true, heard the story. It's a game that had it all for the partisan K-State crowd. Miles taking strategy to a whole new level by punting to Philip Brooks with eight seconds left in the first half after he had already taken one to the house. Traitorous Gavin Potter getting the shirt ripped right off his back by Deuce Vaughn, who twice left him searching for his jock on the Bill Snyder Family Stadium turf. The cherry on top was Potter channeling his inner wrestling heel by comparing himself to Ray Lewis after the game. Uh, yeah, that's a thing that happened. Somewhere, Jeff Long just threw back another shot of ketchup to drown his sorrows when he realized he still owes Les Miles nearly $10 million. All told, it was the most points K-State has scored against Kansas since 2012. Coincidentally, the last time K-State won the Big 12. And now we're back to where we started. K-State and the Big 12 title chase. Saturday represents a swing state for the Wildcats win and it could tilt the scales enough in favor of the cats to get to arlington you'd have five big 12 wins in the bank baylor is falling apart and still on the schedule that can be six win one more and you'd have to squint to see the scenario in which k-state gets left out but you lose and a three-game losing streak could be on the horizon rather quickly with oklahoma state and iowa state coming right up yes the mountaineers are boring and lack style on paper No, they don't have a win over anybody better than Kansas or Baylor, but Vegas has West Virginia with a a three-and-a-half-point lead in the latest Gallup poll, and with good reason historically. This has been a yellow-and-blue state for the past four years. Yes, K-State's last win over the Mountaineers was all the way back in 2015 when Morgan Burns' return touchdown left Dana Holgerson pulling whatever hair he had left out. With that said, Saturday is an election day for the Wildcats win and the big 12 title chase is on in earnest with a potentially massive game against oklahoma state next week lose and things could snowball in a hurry so i beg of you my fellow bonehounds ask not what EMA can do for you this saturday and beyond ask what you can do for EMA. now back to scott and the world's number one dad to have his twitter account suspended multiple times
1: Boom, and thank you to John Kurtz and hopefully Brandon Lowe for those uh, primers. You know, they... Nope, nope, still haven't gotten it from Brandon. Hopefully Brandon came through. Otherwise, thank you to John Kurtz. So this is the part of the pod where we, we talk about what's at, what's at stake, what this game means, what we're going to be looking for. So first off, you and I targeted this game after the Oklahoma game. This is the game we've had circled uh, for the better part of a month now, to officially let us start dreaming of a trip to Arlington. If we can find a way to win, you're sitting at 5-0 and with four games left. How badly do you want to officially start that
2: dream? So bad. I'm back, by the way. Uh, sorry to the boneheads. Um, I mean, shit. I'm already, I'm already dreaming a little bit. I'm dozing off at the moment. Um, but this truly would – let you start, you know, busting out, busting out the notepad and going um, through pretty much everyone's remaining schedules and weighing all the wins and the possible losses. So uh, this would be huge. I mean, starting 5-0, and what a statement that would be from K-State, um, from Chris Kleiman. I mean, this is supposed to be a fucking rebuild year. And I know, you know, we have five games to go. It can all go tits up fast. But, I mean, stealing this win – would be absolutely enormous, and um, it would, uh, I mean, it'd be incredibly exciting. Um, For the last five or so years, I've been just dreaming of important games in November, and that would put us on a fast track to that, so it's crazy.
1: Yep, no, it it definitely would be, so this would be the, also the first game to avenge a loss from last year uh, to this point, and it's a, Funny little scheduling quirk, but we have not played a team that we lost to last year. So this would be the chance to start rectifying some of those losses from last year, and this one probably is the most puzzling loss. Um, Do you think that plays any part into it that, hey, you know, these guys got us last year, that's an extra little chip, or do you think, you know, everything that they preach about one game at a time being in
2: the moment and all that jazz, do you think that really holds true? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of sports talk and a lot of psychological, um, you know, consistent sports talk like that, that I think it bears weight. And I think building that culture of the day-to-day, the pounding the stone, I do think it's important. Um, But I'm sure there are some guys from last year that look at that game. I mean, that was an embarrassing loss at home. We lost to a bottom three team unexpectedly and it kind of put a huge damper on our season after losing a heartbreaker in Austin and it knocked us out, you know, the top 25 for the remainder of the season. So it also ruined our best uniform combination game. So I imagine some of the young guys, um, actually some of the guys that are, are older guys that are here from last year have that in the back of their mind, but at the same time, they probably, our little tunnel visioned with, let's just take a day to day. I would hope we can look ahead. I hope they're not looking ahead.
1: Yes, no, and sorry, I I'm I'm te- I'm texting. Shout out to our guy Brandon Lowe. Uh he apparently had some wild uh stuff going on in West Virginia. So this is going to be one of the few times during this since we introduced the primers that we don't have an opposing team primer. So uh that sucks, but you know what? Shout out to our guy Brandon. He was on for that, on that whip around. He's a good guy. I'm not going to hold it against him. So the next thing I have on here can we get over the hump playing West Virginia? I mean, for fuck's sake, we win the first four games versus the Mountaineers when they joined the conference. We are now in a four-game losing pattern. So we assume, like, at least for the next four years, we would like that pattern to continue. Um, is there anything to that kind of four and four? Or is that just kind of, you know, the quirkiness that
2: is college football? I don't know. I mean, when, let's see. When, the, when did they join? 2010? Uh, well, uh 2011 11 they joined and or was I mean, it 12
1: no 2012 was their first year was it yeah that sounds
2: right that makes yeah. sense yeah that. yeah 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 Duh. um i mean we were elite that year and it kind of coincides with you know the program stature i mean if you think about it last year was really one of the more puzzling losses um and it was two, you know, first-year first, day, first year coaches going against each other. And, I mean, I guess last year was we were probably the most similar. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, there's probably nothing really to it. I hope the pattern holds up at least for the next four years, like you said, though. Um, I mean, if, if you believe in anything like that, then we should have nothing to fear going into Saturday.
1: I don't. And Don't I do either, fear. <laughs> so, so the defense is going to have a much tougher task as the West Virginia offensive line is much more capable than KU. And Letty Brown is having a great season out there in West Virginia. Uh, he is the top running back for the Mountaineers. He has nine total touchdowns with 592 rushing yards, 138 receiving. Uh, are they going to be able to put a clamp
2: down on him? I hope so. Um, what's our run defense? I'd have I mean, to look it up. But I, I think it's been like, okay. It's been okay. Yeah, I mean, it's been okay. And, I mean, this will be a great preview for us because um, we're about to face probably the best uh, running back after this. So, it could be a good test that makes us stronger going forward. Um, I mean, I feel pretty good. Our D-line has been – Consistently playing well and getting better since game one, so you're gonna to have to perform on the defensive line. That's basically where I think this game is gonna be won or lost. So,
1: yeah. So we'll I'll see. just run, I'll just run down real quick of some of the West Virginia stat leaders since we weren't able to get that prim, uh, primer. Jarrett Dagey, you know, he had his coming out party versus K-State. Uh, he already has close to 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns, but he has given up three picks. He's been sacked nine times. His completion percentage is around 64.1. Some of the smarter folks we listen to, uh, Derek Young, KSU underscore fan, Jimmy Goheen, they haven't been overly impressed with what Jarrett Dagee has been so far. Again, I have started watching some of that TCU game. I went back and watched some of that Baylor game. Again, he is not one of those quarterbacks that is going to really strike the fear of God into you. The three wide receivers that I'm that are leading their team, Winston Wright Jr., 28 receptions, 360 yards, one touchdown. He does have a 70-yard touchdown reception sam jones 23 receptions 224 two touchdowns bryce for wheaton three 13 receptions 197 and three touchdowns i can get leddy brown does it through the air as well and then also their defense it's their defensive line that really it, it's literally all three dudes that they start are absolute beasts they're probably going to be Guys who play on Sunday, so that's really what I'm going to be keeping my eye on. They have two they play
2: with a three-man
1: front, three-man front, and that gives me nightmares. I don't it's given like us trouble
2: it. in the past, um, so that definitely raises my years a little bit
1: um yes they have I'll tell you what Dante Stills and Darius Stills Dante is the better of the two he is dominant right there in the middle Darius is also good but Dante Stills is a guy who might be like a day one or day two type NFL draft pick he is a dominant interior lineman and we're going to have our hands full with them. And then they have a handful – or two really good linebackers, Tony Fields and Josh chandler semidou So, uh, we're really going to have our hands full with those guys. Um, it's not just Letty Brown. They have some talent. Again, they were upset by – well, I guess they weren't upset. Texas Tech was technically the favorite. But they lost to Texas Tech, but they have been very salty all year. So, uh, I'm going to – I'm nervous. I'm nervous for this one. And then it kind of comes back, Chris It goes back to that avenging loss. But can Chris Kleiman through his second full cycle, through the coaches that he was hired against, go 5-1? and one, Or will he fall to 0-2 with West Virginia and Neil Brown? Again, Neil Brown is one of the guys. I went back and listened to some of our old coaching uh, hot board shows. So if anyone wants some good laughs, go back and listen to – some of our shows immediately after Bill Snyder was fired slash retired. <laughs> I, I was big on Neil Brown. I actually think Neil Brown is legitimately good. I'm hoping that he like, he like loses out in West Virginia fans riot and he gets fired or he takes another job. Cause I don't want him in the big 12. I think he's legitimately good. And I, I think that there's a real chance we, Chris Kahneman, you know, goes to own two versus Neil Brown. Um, what do you think? Do you think Chris Kleiman has any sort of personal satisfaction about going up against the guys
2: he was hired in the same new hire class? Maybe. I mean, he does seem to pay attention to those things, is how I will put it. Um, but then again. Also,
1: time out, time out, time out. I, sorry, I, I don't want to cut you off, but he was asked. I don't know if it was post game versus KU or if it was on his teleconference. Uh, he. I think it might have been teleconference. I don't know. But he, he did mention that. He's like, oh, well, you know, we, we're not favored as much at, at, here at K-State. So, obviously, he was fucking lying during Oklahoma week saying that he doesn't pay any attention to the game spreads. Because, remember, we had that conversation. All right, I mean, of really- course they
2: do. Yeah, of course he does. He's I a think- Extreme think, competitor. Oh, my gosh. I think
1: I tried to say no. He he, he he was telling the truth. But what a liar. Of course he fucking pays attention. I mean, he's calling it out this week. So, or whatever. It doesn't matter. But, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So what we, is the we, line? Uh, West Virginia, three-and-a-half point favorites.
2: Okay. Good. Good. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think – I bet he does. I mean, that kind of answers the question, doesn't it? I guarantee he has personal satisfaction against the coaches that he was stacked against for the hire. I mean, he wasn't stacked against these guys, but he was stacked against Neil Brown and he is five and one against new hires. So let's hope that Neil Brown is not a bogey coach of his and that we, he can kind of stomp that out this. Yes,
1: weekend. I agree. And also the thing about Neil Brown, he's a good coach. He's already been doing very well in the recruiting uh, on the recruiting uh, cycle. You know, being out in West Virginia, being near that DMV talent, being near the o, uh, Ohio talent, he actually – like what, folks like to talk about how tough it might be to recruit to West Virginia. No, you're near all this great, fertile recruiting ground, and he's been capitalizing on it. So I, 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 I think that we need to make sure we get this win over Neil Brown so we can keep him at arm's length for at least, you know, another year because – I tell you what, I th- I think West Virginia, as long as Neil Brown's going to be there, probably starting next year and moving forward, they're going to be real Big Twelve contenders. Um, do you have? Or are you that far along? Kind of the worry of looking at West Virginia as being kind of the team we have to keep an eye on as trying to crash the Oklahoma Texas uh, party at the top of the Big Twelve.
2: Um, I wouldn't go that far. Um, I think. Neil Brown is a pretty damn good coach. I would agree with you on that front, but um, I, he just hasn't, he hasn't done it yet. I mean, so until I see it done at West Virginia, then I, I kind of will just kind of, I mean, last year was obviously a bit of a dumpster fire. I think Dana, whatever the hell his name was, Holgerson, Beth, he, Holgerson left him truly. He left the covers bare and he's, you know, Neil Brown's doing a nice job at kind of turning that around, but I don't know if he will be challenging Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas State for the top of the Big 12 um, hierarchy, but we'll see. I mean, if any one of the new hires besides Kleiman will do it, it will be him.
1: Oh, I agree. I, I think
2: I think he's I, a good coach.
1: I think Matt Wells is kind of like – he's not a dead man walking territory, but I think that that's going to be a scenario where – two, three years from now, they're like, okay, no, time to try again. Yeah. And I think we all know what we think of Les Miles. And then the final thing that I have on like what this game might mean is winning this game would lead us to the most nationally relevant game we've played since 2014 when we had those matchups versus TCU and Baylor, setting up with what will be at least a top 15 matchup, possibly even a top 10 matchup with Oklahoma State. Um, you mentioned it talking about trying to play nationally relevant games in November. It would be six years since we've done it. Um, how much of just kind of having that feeling of, Oh my God, like this is on a national stage. Again, it's not going to be done national game because Clemson and Notre Dame might be playing a game of the century type game uh, you know, that same weekend. But again, top 15 matchups don't happen every year. And it definitely, it's not going to lead sports center. It's not going to lead, College Football Live, but it's going to be getting second billing on national college football podcasts, on ESPN, on Fox, everywhere that talks college football. Um, You know, how exciting would it be to
2: see us playing in one of those games again? Uh, I'm getting – I mean, I'm nauseous just thinking about it. Um, and I'm trying not to – it would be amazing. I'm trying not to get myself too far into that camp because we still have to play West Virginia, and I really want to win this game. But, oh, I mean, if we can win this game, then you can really kind of – you can take your bra off and just let the let the girls loose for a little while and, and start to really dream and, and have fun. I mean, the build-up to that game would be amazing. Like you said, we haven't had that feeling in – six years or so so it's nice and it would be just amazing to and it's just it would be shocking that we're experiencing that so early in Chris Kleiman's tenure Um, I'm trying to take it one game at a time but it is hard not to look forward to stuff like that Um, it would be amazing I would absolutely love it and it's a shame that it's happening in such a shit year where we can't really fully be a part of it but you know if it was a regular year flap of a butterfly another way we may be sitting at like three and three right now so who the hell knows
1: yeah no I, I agree I'll take what you. I
2: can get I'll take yes, what I can get
1: I, I agree with you I think you know I, we said it during the Q&A pod if we win this game and again I don't want to get too ahead of myself because you know I think in my head I know how I'm going to predict this game but you know stick around for the prediction segment for that but if we're playing that game at home versus Oklahoma State, I mean, I mean, I, I've been trying to be good. I'm trying to save money. I'm trying to buy a house in the spring, but you know, I'm I'm gonna have to pay what it takes to get inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium, break my rule, tell my parents sorry. I'll see you uh, before Thanksgiving, uh, but I I just. I would have a hard time staying away from the stadium if that ended up being so. Do you have any other things that weren't mentioned in like what, what you're going to be looking for, what this game means, and just auxiliary buildup type of stuff for this game?
2: Not a whole lot. I mean, outside of the implications of what the win means, I really just want to write the ship and beat West Virginia. I kind of fucking hate West Virginia. They think they're too big for their britches. Um, All like they have a very weird fan base that thinks they're one of the greatest uh, programs in the history of college football.
1: What summer was that? That, It wasn't this summer. Was it the previous summer that it was like a two-week war with West Virginia Twitter because they were (laughs) they're like, look at our all-time wins, and they're ignoring the fact that the majority of their fucking all-time wins are versus programs that are Division
2: II now. The bet yeah, I know. Uh, What what summer uh, was that?
1: Was that 2019 or 2018? Which one was? I think it, it was. I don't know, man. Because like it was like, like, like a parade. three years ago or so. It was, but, but weird. it was like it was like a like at least a
2: full week of just random Twitter fights with them. We have a good history with them on the internet. The one, the best was obviously when the they caught wind of that Goemoff <laughs> asking the question if it hurts the image of our program to play West Virginia, and that absolutely they lost their fucking minds, and it made it made the, it made the piss out of them. Goemoth. Yeah,
1: Go Ema is not what it used to be, but Go Ema at its peak was the number one destination for the internet. It was the it's there has never been a better fan website in the history of the internet than GoEma.com because what they did to West Virginia and Arkansas's fan base to the point where it got on local news broadcasts, like it, it, it's a it's a leak. The the Go Ema, like was peak internet, and I, I miss peak GoEmo. I, I still love those guys. I don't think they love me as much, but I'll always have a ton of love for GoEmo. Um, is there anything else? Uh, is, are you going to put any extra value into any of the young guys' performances? Or Is this a do-or-die type game for Will Howard, Deuce Vaughn, Malik Knowles, or anyone in your book? Are you to the point where it's like, hey, it's a wild season, you take it as a whole and you don't put too much in one game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm to the point where – and it's going to be this way every game from here on out. It's like just fucking win. I don't care if Will Howard completes five passes out of 40. Just somehow find a way to win. Um, I think I've seen enough of Will Howard to know that I think he's got a pretty decently bright future. And uh, I think a lot of these guys, we know what they are at this point – we're not going to get a, a huge turnaround or a huge outlier at this point. So just win. Just find a way to win. Scrap our way to a win, and let's get to 5-0. and 0.
1: All right. How are we going to do that? Well, it's our four keys to V. Grant, you're, it's always beauty before
2: beast. So let's hear your, <laughs> let's hear your uh, first key to V. We need to continue to play outstanding defense. Um, Truly, I think our defense is the reason we're 4-0 in the Big 12, and they're going to have to be very stiff again against a very good running back and a nice wide receiver core. So, you know, if we're going to win this tough game on the road, our defense has to be lights out again.
1: Yeah, this is one of my old favorites. It's one I've probably come back to more than any other since we've been doing Keys to V, and that is capitalize and score touchdowns once you're in the red zone again i think i pull this out anytime i think that we are going to be overmatched by a defense and this isn't anything special i probably will be pulling it out because next week because oklahoma state has a great defense as well but i think points are going to be hard to come by i think the vegas over under has this game in the low 50s so they're anticipating a game in the mid 20s so if you're going to make it to the red zone and settle for a field goal or no points at all, that is not going to be a recipe to pull off the Vegas upset and get to that illustrious five and a start. So give me your second one.
2: I think I might've, no, yeah, give me your second. <laughs> Mine is uh, find early success for the wide receivers. Um, eventually, I think having only two, you know, reliable weapons and Deuce Vaughn and Briley Moore is going to catch up with us. Um, and I know, I think our wide receivers aren't as reliable and won't be as reliable as we need them to going forward. But if we can get them at least to show some pulse early in this game, then it will open things up for our two reliable weapons, Briley Moore and Deuce Vaughn. And um, I think we're going to have to do that because, eventually those guys are going to be keyed on and they're going to be taken out of the game enough to the point where we will have to have wide receivers stepping up. So if we can get them integrated early, then maybe that'll fool them into, you know, thinking that they're decent. I like it. My
1: final one is get another score or be set up with extremely short field buy big plays by the special team uh, or takeaways on defense I'll get back to how I don't believe we're going to be able to move the ball very well against West Virginia. I hope I'm wrong, but I think the other two phases of the game are going to have to set up this team to score or score themselves. I think Neil Brown's too smart to let us score on special teams, so we might just have to pick off Deggy a couple times and house it. So those are our four keys to V. Tweet us in what you think the keys to win are along with some of those great beer, wine, and spirit recommendations what you guys have been drinking this fall. Now it is time for our game prediction. It's sponsored by BetOnline. Remember to visit BetOnline, our exclusive online wagering partner for all your betting needs all football season long, and be sure to use promo code ARMCHAIR for your welcome bonus. With COVID, all the uncertainty, we're not going to predict any games except for the K-State game. But don't worry, Boneheads and Grants, I will be back next year to kick your ass and pick them once again. Um, we're going to talk about all the Big 12 games, and we're going to talk about some national games. But before we all do it, it's what we've been teasing. Let's hear your score prediction for the game on Saturday. I- I'm hoping that one of us is optimistic, but – my heart
2: is creeping into this right now. Oh, go with the heart.
0: Listen, uh, listen to your heart. <laughs> you. Okay.
2: Um, well, shit. Do I want to listen to my heart? Or do I want to listen to the superstition? Also, also just real quick. us to lose. I mean. Time out, before, time out. Be- before you do it,
1: I said earlier that the game total I thought was in the low 50s. The over-under is 45. So, if that doesn't tell you what Vegas – I mean, Vegas thinks the score is going to be like 23-20. It's going to be low score.
2: I like that score line, actually. Oh, uh, fuck. I don't know who to pick here. I really don't. I've been thinking West Virginia all week, but I really want to pick the Cats. <sighs> I just have a bad feeling about it. I think we lose on the road. I hope that I'm jinxing it the reverse jinx. It's Halloween. That type of, you know, those type of incantations and tricks may be working this week because it's Halloween. So maybe the jinx is real just for Saturday, but um, I'm going to pick West Virginia despite my heart. I'm going to say West Virginia, 23, That's a great scoreline.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm at a similar boat. I, I don't, I don't think it's, Beyond – like, I don't think this is an impossible game to win. I don't think any it's just of that – tricky. I, I think it's going to be close. I don't think we're going to win. I think Vegas is right on. I'm going to have West Virginia 24. I'm going to have the Cats uh, 20. So, West Virginia covers the underheads. I mean, again, I even think when I say 20, again – Maybe I'm jinxing it, maybe this, again, is coming back to just not believing in the offense. But I just – I have a hard time seeing a score more than 20. So, I'm, I'm saying 24-20, we're both in that same ballpark. Uh, both of us have – or I have West Virginia covering and the under. You have K-State covering, but just barely, and the under. So, it's going to be a close one. I, I would not bet this game with a 10-foot pole. But you know what? If you think the Cats are going to win – get over to bet online you're getting plus 165 to bet on the cats so if you put 100 bucks on k-state to win you're going to win back 165 so a nice little positive payout so we're going to talk just real quick just some quick hitters on rest of the big 12 games maybe give grant enough time to officially change his mind by the end of it we'll see but the first one i would say taking on our friends ku so this i was it's in in the Just rabid atmosphere that is COVID Memorial Stadium in Lawrence, Kansas. So, does Iowa State lick their wounds by putting up a blowout on KU? Are they shaken up a little bit, rattled from their loss, and come out a little flat and take longer to run away than they should?
2: I don't know. KU is pretty hapless. Um, Hey,
1: Jaden Daniels. He's he's going to just run wild, on Iowa State. Brent Deerman's going to figure it out. The wheat wheat is going to be waving. I would be waving I, the wheat
2: out of my so, mind if they somehow. Iowa State said, will only yeah, win by seventeen. Fair enough. Um, yeah, but I've got Iowa State murdering. Yeah.
1: So TCU at Baylor. I didn't know the name of this until I googled it uh, earlier today. The Revivery. I think that's pretty good for two little uh, private secular schools oh, in Metroplex. Uh, both teams are str- struggling. There's some grumbling going on in Fort Worth about Gary Patterson. Hornfrogs, Frogs, you know, if they don't get this one done, it might start getting ugly for old Gary down Fort Worth.
2: I uh, think he's it, washed.
1: I, I mean, I'm, I'm to the point – I don't like to – like, I like Gary Patterson. I remember watching him in the Rose Bowl – I remember before they were in the Big 12, like one of my Facebook likes used to be TCU football. Um, but I'm, I'm to the point where I think he's washed too. But I don't know if Dave Aranda can keep Baylor focused. I think Dave Aranda might be fine in the long term. But I think this will continue to be an ugly year for both of them. I'm glad that I don't have to make an official pick on this game. But I will say if TCU loses, I would not want to be Gary Patterson's dog.
2: I agree. I think, I think TCU wins though. They're, they're due. They're due for a bounce back.
1: Also, I hate Baylor. I've become pretty good friends with that Parker guy, the uh, TCU podcast guy that we've, we've interacted with a little bit. So, I like him. The next one, OU at Texas Tech. OU looking to keep their newfound momentum. Uh, I think they're going to drub Texas Tech. They're not bad, Me but too. Texas Tech isn't good yet. I think I said what I thought of Matt Wells earlier. I think he might be fine, but I don't think he's ever going to be what Texas Tech fans want. And then probably the game that will have a lot of eyeballs on it. I tell you what, if, if K-State wins at 11 a.m., I will just be fucking giddy watching this Oklahoma State-Texas game. Texas has all their drama, uh, but Oklahoma State only a three-and-a-half point favorite. They're ranked sixth in the country. Texas Tech coming up off a two-score win over Baylor. Uh, if Oklahoma State wins this convincingly, I think they'll jump Georgia into the top five. Um As a K-State fan, you're watching this. Do you want Oklahoma State or Texas? Do you want another contender with a loss? Or do you want them to have that top five matchup, five versus 15, Bill Snyder Family Stadium? Then also, as we saw going back to 2011, I think 2011 is the parallel season I'm kind of comparing this one to. Uh, when when Oklahoma yeah. lost their big game, they then came to Bill Snyder Family Stadium and put the dick down on us. So I don't necessarily know what I want in that game, but I'll be tuned. If K-State wins that game, I'll be popping pumpkin beers on Twitter and I'll be tuned into this game very intently. Uh, where's your head at? Do, who who do you want to win the game? And then what do you make of that three-and-a-half point line?
2: Um, I mean, I think ultimately – Oklahoma State's going to end up in the championship anyways. Uh, win or lose, I really do. Um, so I think uh, – and I did, I just feel like Texas is going to drop. They're 2-2 two and two already. They have two losses already, so they're going to drop another. Um, so they're out in my mind. So, I, I mean, I kind of just want Oklahoma State to win. I want to play the best teams, and I want to beat the best teams. I mean, shit, we're in the hunt for the college football playoff too, are we not? Beating an undefeated number six Oklahoma State – would look better on our resume than it would a five-and-one uh, team that's about to drop two in a row. So, um, I won Oklahoma State. And, yeah, I, I just – God, I pray that we can steal this win so I can enjoy the rest of the day, especially that game, because I'll be glued to it just like you would be.
1: <laughs> yeah, if we lose, I'm just going to uh, put on – two- lose what? one of these
2: games mean fuck yeah. all to me. <laughs> yeah,
1: if we lose, I'm going to – Bring up Hulu, watch some Letter Kenny. I'm not going to uh, not going to watch any of it. So the, the final thing we do on these COVID episodes, just highlighting some national games that we'll really be tuned into. Grant, what is your first national game that you'll definitely be tuned into over the weekend,
2: or Best at least on keeping paper. an eye on? Best one on paper is the night game, Ohio State Penn State. That's always fun. Um, two talented teams going at it, um, and college football playoff contenders, I guess. Uh, But Penn State coming off a loss, I believe. Who did they lose to? Illinois? Indiana? Indiana? Someone terrible. So, I reckon Ohio State's going to beat the piss out of them.
1: Yep, the the game I'll be watching on, uh, you know, everyone knows how I've, I've been falling in love with the American Athletic Conference. And then again, I even picked this team to be in the playoff. During our predictions episode, granted, that was back when the Pac-12 and Big Ten were going to play. But Cincinnati, now ranked number seven, faces a salty Memphis team. If Cincinnati wins this, I think that they're really going to be undefeated going to that American Athletic Conference championship game. And they might be causing a lot of playoff drama for the committee this year in a year that's going to be wild. So is there a second game that national that you'll
2: at least be checking the score and keeping an eye on? That one definitely sticks out. Um, I'm looking at I'm trying to look at the schedule here. If Wisconsin and Nebraska play, I'd love to see Nebraska get the their teeth kicked in. But it sounds like they, that game's in doubt already, so in Big Ten. I mean
1: the Big Ten again, I understand the reasoning for the rules. I one hundred percent do, but for fuck's sakes, guys, like you're 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 just a joke of a conference that you don't have any scheduled bye weeks. You have these very strict rules. What the fuck did you guys expect?
2: Yeah, that's it's gonna continue to happen. I imagine I have, or I have a hard time seeing how any of their teams really make it through <laughs> without playing like more than a total of five games. Like I just don't no, see how it's gonna happen.
3: They're
1: stupid, but that that's a good one, Kansas City boy. Uh, you know, he, he has the COVID. I mean, he's the reason why the game might not happen Graham yeah. So, we'll see. The, the final national game that I'll spotlight a little bit, number two, or my game number two, Notre Dame at Georgia Tech. Again, Notre Dame has not looked very impressive outside one game all season. They might be looking ahead for, you know, to next week, possible game of the century type game with Clemson. Uh, you know, Georgia Tech has shown a little bite this year. I think this one might be closer than the experts think. So I'll at least have a get an eye on that one. So those are the national games. Let us know what games you guys will really be uh, cluing in on. Grant, I'm going to give you one more opportunity to change your official prediction for the Cats game. Are you still going 23-20 West Virginia?
2: I still am. I'm going with the reverse jinx. Uh, I'm pulling, you know – a card out of your playbook. And, you know, it's Halloween. So that type of superstition hopefully gets carried through to fruition. And we will be talking on Sunday about the 5-0 and Kansas State Wildcats.
1: I hope so. I hope you're right. Uh, that's all I have. BetOnline.ag Manscaped.com. Use promo code Armchair for both those. 20% off over at Manscaped. Plus free shipping. Get the best boxer briefs in the world. Bet online. Welcome bonuses to bet on all the college football, politics, NFL, uh, NBA. The Raptors might be fucking coming to Kansas City for a year. Uh, All sorts of wild stuff. I don't really care. I mean, it'd be cool, but I don't really care. Uh, But things are wild. Never been a better time to get over to betonline.ag. I love you guys. Uh, I know it is very cool in the world to absolutely demonize and hate anyone who disagrees with you. To have more conversations with people you disagree with. I would guess at the end of the day, you'll realize that most people are actually good. That's my opinion. I don't know if Grant agrees with me on that one, but I do think most people are good. Love you guys, Grant. You can say whatever you want, and then we'll hit
2: end on the Zoom. Um, I just realized that on Saturday I'm going to a wedding. Oh, shit. So oh, I won't be able to nope. watch any of the cool games if we win. So we might need to Zoom because it's going to be a crowded as fuck wedding <laughs> on Sunday to protect well, your health.
1: Do you want but me to find an alternates? host or are you going to zoom
2: we can zoom we'll talk about it we'll talk about it later but um i tend to agree a lot of people are good i think a lot of people are bad too but that's okay the good tends to outweigh the bad and hopefully that is the pattern that we will see for the next four years um meet me at the it
0: A spooky, scary skeleton shouts startling, shrilly screams. The sneak from their sock. It's semi-serious Spooky, scary skeletons are silly
3: Podcast Network.